Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. This is Len and Jeff from Baseball and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and, and what's, what's going, going down, down on the farm. farm. It's, it's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Hope everybody had a great week out there. Um, We're still in spring training. Not a heck of a lot of news coming, but some sad news coming today from camp, and that is that Mets legend Tom Seaver has been diagnosed with dementia, and he will be retiring from public life, so we will not see Tom Seaver uh, this this summer when the Mets uh, celebrate the 50th anniversary of the 1969 team. Very sad news, as you know, uh, Ed Charles has passed away. A number of other players have passed away over the years, Don Cardwell, um, uh, Don Clendenin and uh, the latest being Ed Charles and then Buddy Harrelson has been diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's and now Tom Seaver has been diagnosed with uh, dementia. So it's kind of sad to uh, see uh, these guys aging. So and just a, a sad thing. And, and what's extra sad, I guess you might say, is that uh, Tom Seaver was such an intelligent pitcher and a cerebral guy to see him, uh, you know, suffer from these kind of mind functions or, or dysfunction or whatever you want to call it. Uh, this disease of dementia and Alzheimer's, it's just terrible. And, uh, we should be, uh, trying to solve that mystery and, and, uh, help, uh, help the people that have this. So he is 74 years old, member of the hall of fame, of course, Retiring from public life, which probably means he's not going to go to the Hall of Fame ceremonies either. either. Uh, no more of that. He's to love going to those sort of things. So uh, he will just spend his days, I guess, uh, in in his uh, vineyards and uh, enjoying his wine, hopefully, and uh, watching uh, the grapes grow. Um, very sad. Um, would have been nice to have Tom Seaver here for the 50th anniversary. Um, but, uh, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. Meanwhile, in camp, Jacob DeGrom made a start. I got hit a little bit, but, yeah, I didn't really, uh, take, uh, two, two, you know, two hits. He gave two, two runs, I should say, um, in three innings, eh. You know, he, he he's trying stuff. He's working on stuff. Uh, no, nothing to worry about there. The injury uh, bug uh, 
It doesn't look good so far. I mean, Todd Frazier started running and doing some ba- some act light activities. Jed Lowry is still working, but he made the statement that uh, his injury is going to be more of a marathon, his recovery, than a sprint, I guess. Um, so that doesn't sound good. That means he's going to take a while. But uh, at this point in time, let him, you know. They uh, did sign Carlos Gomez. He's returning to the Mets. So if he can make the team, that could ease the situation in the outfield. will allow Jeff McNeil to move back to the infield and take some of the burden at third base off, perhaps. McNeil could be your opening day third baseman now with uh, Frazier down and Lowry down. He might be the guy, you know, or could uh, Hechevarria could make the the team and he could, or Espinosa, and he could play third. I don't know. Lots of different options um, right now with the Mets. And we'll have to see how it all shakes out as we go. We are getting closer and closer to opening day. I don't know the exact uh, days now. I think it's like uh, 21 days, three weeks, something like that, 22 days. So it's uh, there's really not a lot of time if you think about it. Uh, but let's let's hope that they do the right thing with Lowry and even with Frazier and try and hold them back. I'd rather see them start the season without these guys and, and try to patch it together at one position. Then uh, uh, bringing them in, you know, let it Gomez play left field. If he doesn't hit when Neil's guys are ready, you can release him. They're not paying. It was a minor league deal. They're not paying him a lot of money. Uh, so um, maybe you want to try Broxton over there or Ligaris or whatever. It, it, it can work. It can work and put McNeil at third. McNeil's played third. He's a jack of all trades. So it it could work. So let's see if they do that. First base is the interesting situation because, uh, you know, Frazier was penciled in maybe to play some first base. Alonzo, of course, everybody's talking about. Alonzo's having a good spring. Um, And the other forgotten first baseman is having a terrific spring, and that is Dominic Smith. He's raking the ball. He's got 10 hits, I think, as last time I looked. He was hitting 500. Uh... Had the most hits in camp so far. Had a a home run. uh, All due to a sleep apnea problem that he solved. So, um, very interesting with with Mr. Smith there. And he is going to create a problem. Not not a problem, a nice problem. But he's going to create, you know, he's got to be considered now. And especially with the injuries to the to the form, aforementioned uh, Todd Frazier and Jed Lowry, could open up the spot for Mister Smith to go to first. With J.D. Davis not exactly lighting up the uh, offensive categories at third, McNeil could move into third, though they. They seem to be intent on having McNeil play left field. You know, look, if you got to move him, you got to move him. And as I said, with the acquisition of Gomez, that gives you three solid center fielders in the lineup, and one of them can move over to a corner spot. And it uh, gives you some, uh, some uh, uh, backup and some insurance in case something goes wrong. But... The infield looks a little bit messy right now. 
Uh, Rosario got hit in the hand. It's another situation that you got to worry about. But he's okay. All the x-rays were okay. Nothing was broken at all. Nothing happened. Anything along that line. So um, that's okay. So um, it is what it is, folks. <laughs> that's what spring training is all about. But the pitches have been staying healthy, looking okay. Look, don't put any credence in if they get hit hard in spring training. They're working on arm strength. They're working on location. They're working on maybe another pitch that they would never throw in, in a game, but they're throwing it in a game in Florida because it is an exhibition game, and they want to try to you know see how it reacts, how it works. Could they learn it? You don't worry until their last start, and you see how their last start go. Same thing with hitters. I mean, just because Dominic Smith is hitting now doesn't mean he's going to hit when the regular season starts. Maybe the maturity level has come with him. Um, He did cure his sleep apnea as far as you can uh, using a CPAP machine, so now he's getting a restful sleep. He says at... uh, he's going to be better prepared. He's going to be quicker on a ball. He won't be groggy. He said he was groggy at times, and and a 103-mile-per-hour fastball looked like a 95-mile-per-hour fastball, and that's why he was missing it. It was was on him and by him by the time he tried to swing. So um, all things are possible. If this guy discovers his stroke, it's going to be a tough decision then. Um, my guess would be you start the year with Smith, you see how he goes. If and Alonzo starts at AAA, if Smith falters, you bring in Alonzo after the Super 2 date or whatever they call it, date, and um, you see how he does. Or maybe you platoon him, you keep Smith around. Too soon to move the guy because you don't know if Alonzo's going to be able to do it on the big stage. During the regular season. Same thing with Smith. We don't know if he can do it in the regular season on the big stage. But we do have more of a track record with Smith in that he did come to the majors, did not perform well offensively, but did show some signs, show some signs of power. Uh, Last year or the year before, and... and, uh, did show something where Alonzo was yet to have that chance. And showing it spring trading, it doesn't really mean a lot sometimes, um, but it doesn't hurt either. All right, let's take a break. It's going to be a real short show this week because, like I said, not much going on, no guests this week, but we'll have an announcement for next week's show. so uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, let's take a break and be back after this. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. 
Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show, and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusies.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings. some uh, email and a voicemail from a familiar voice and uh, uh, Barry uh, Newman who joined me last week as a co-host he's checking in again on a little bit of an error we had last week he wanted to correct so uh, Barry take it away Barry it's Barry calling in first to reiterate what a blast it was for me to talk to both you and my very favorite sports writer Ken Davidoff who I actually made laugh at the end last week also, I just wanted to do some very light housekeeping from number 356, and that is the following. At the five-minute mark of the podcast, there was a very slight, no more than one-second skip in the tape, and it was where I was naming the people who were with us during the time we were at Port St. Lucie, and Elena's name got left off. Anyway, I want to right here and now acknowledge Elena as being a very big part of that very special group of Mets fans from the GKR group, and also tell the story of how she got Tebow's autograph. But then Tebow, with the pen he borrowed from her, began walking away, making her basically shout after him to ask for her pen back, which he did return. Also, pretty much at that moment, a sports photographer was taking Tebow's picture, which got into some local and one national newspaper and might have even been on ESPN making a celebrity out of Alina. Who knows, maybe when you go to heaven you have to sign in with God, God's pen ran out of ink, and he or she was asking people for a new one. Anyway, Gary, until next time, even though I am the eternal pessimist and the Mets play, especially some very shaky defense, has been less than stellar, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And thanks, Barry, for that uh, uh 
for letting us know that and uh, correcting that uh, little error that we had last week. And uh, sorry, Elena. Uh, it just We had a little problem with the audio in the other studio, so that's why I'm in this studio. I haven't had a chance to go fix it yet. But uh, we've also got an email from my good buddy uh, Jeff Cohen of Baseball and Barbecue, and uh, he says we are about halfway through spring training, and our beloved Mets, society, aside of the injuries to Frazier and Lowry, no news is good news. That is certainly true. <laughs> You're right on the money there, my friend. I do think signing Gio Gonzalez would be a good move, but don't see it happening at this point. When a starter goes down, notice I didn't say if. Do we really want to see the likes of Walker Lockett or Kyle Dowdy? Don't think they are ready for the majors. Get some experience in Geo. Well, we, we, we've we got Chris Flaxen. <laughs> and there's a couple other guys that we saw last year that maybe, you know, in a bit time, maybe ready. Anyway, at this point, March 7, it would not surprise me if Dom Smith wins the first base job. He has been one of the hottest hitters on the team. Also keeping Alonzo down in Syracuse for two weeks for service time is a business decision. But if they decide to keep Smith, the power of the lineup is too left-handed with Cano, Conforto, Nimmo, and even McNeil, who has some pop. Hopefully, Alonzo will be on the roster from day one to balance out the lineup. Smith is a good backup to have in AAA. But as we said, uh, uh, Jeff Smith is hitting, and if he's hitting good and out hits Alonzo, you know, he's got some major league experience. You may have to give him the shot first and see and keep Alonzo down and hope that he can, uh, can uh, you know, uh, eventually uh, see what happens with uh, Smith and Alonzo can come in and do the job. Uh, thinking TDA starts the season on the IL or the DL, thus keeping Mesoraco, which benefits DeGrom. This will be a tough decision. Every team sends the Marlins have their strengths and weaknesses um, this will be a tough division. Every team, sans the Marlins, have their strengths and weaknesses. Let's hope the Mets can come out on top. One thing about the Harper signing, we didn't really talk about this. Don't think it really affects the Mets too much. I agree, Jeff. Still in the division, but he is a streaky hitter. And yes, he'll hit home runs in Citizens Bank Park, the Yankee Stadium of the NL. But other than that, expect to see a lot of strikeouts and grounders to second base unless he changes his approach and uses the entire field. He can be pitched to. And we, we're used to pitching to him, so it's, uh, it's kind of a wash, that's all, as far as I'm concerned. I suspect he will not be happy in Philly when more and more players will be making more money than he is. Heck, now Arenado, Kershaw, Granke, and even Cespedes is making more on a per-year basis. All he wanted to do is break the $326 million mark set by Stanton. By the way, I have to laugh when he or, his, he or his agent said that he wanted the security of 13 years. Like 10 years and $300 million doesn't provide security. What a joke. Just say you took the money. You're right on there, Jeff. Uh, Brody Van Wagenen has been busy with hiring advisors. Something else we didn't talk about. And thinking outside the box. Well, what would be more outside the box than hiring a knowledgeable Mets fan like us to advise him on a fan's point of view? 
That's an excellent point, Jeff. I think you're right on the money. As of now, my mailbox has not gotten an invitation from Brody to uh, be on the list of uh, advisors. In case you don't know, he hired uh, Al Leiter, John Franco, and Jessica Mendoza. I don't know where he got that one from, but hired Jessica Mendoza to be a special advisor on baseball operations. So, um, Who's next? We should be. Uh, shameless plug time. This week, Len and I are going to the BBQ Expo in Atlantic City, so tune into Baseball and BBQ for those interview and highlights, and you can be sure that I'll be tuned into that. Boys are going on the road. That's exciting. Looking forward to a winning season on Mets Musings, the top Mets fan podcast on the web. Let's go, Mets. Jeff Cohen. Thank you, Jeff, so much. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we try to be, we hope to grow to the the top Mets van podcast on the web, but there's so many other uh, excellent podcasts as well covering the Mets. So, um, But it would be nice to be number one, wouldn't it? So go tell everybody to go listen to Mets Musings. And when you listen to podcasts, listen to Baseball and BBQ, and they're going to have a great show in a couple of weeks when they get all these interviews done and edited and up online. It's going to be a terrific show, so make sure you check that out. <laughs> Just trying to see if there's any more breaking news uh, from the camp in Port St. Lucie. Uh, the bullpen stumbled today in a 6-4 to loss to the Nationals. Uh, we said that uh, Frazier is... Uh, doing some light activities. He's taking grounders, so maybe his uh, his strain wasn't as bad as they originally thought. That would be good news. At least they could have a third baseman of some sort. Oh, and there's a rumor that the uh, Mets and the Royals are talking about a deal involving uh, Travis Darno. Not a bad idea. Uh, being that, uh, you know, they signed Devin Mezzarocco and Wilson Ramos, and I think both of them would be a good combination. And they have Tomas Nito. I know nobody's crazy about Tomas Nito, but let's keep this in mind. Tomas Nito, originally when he came up, was came up from Double A, or maybe even Port St. Lucie. I think it was, I think it was Double A or Binghamton, and uh, struggled with the bat, but his defense was fairly decent. He's been up and down a couple of times since then. The bat's still a question mark. Uh, but a few years ago, he did lead the Florida State League in hitting. Bat's still a question mark at this level, but he knows the pitching staff. They know him. He's a pretty decent defensive catcher. So in a pinch... Should something happen to Ramos or Mezzarocco, he is a good guy to bring up. No learning curve with the with the, the staff, and uh, he's been around the team, so he's known by everybody. So uh, not a bad situation. Isn't ironic we were talking about Darno and Ploiecki as the catchers, and now Ploiecki's gone, and there's a good chance Darno may be gone by opening day. I don't even know if he's caught yet 
in any games. All the games I've watched, it's been uh, um, oh, uh, Ramos and then uh, Miseraco or Miseraco one game, Ramos another. Uh, let's see, uh, 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 Miserac, I think is how you pronounce it. He's caught, I saw him caught. Alex Sanchez, is, I've seen caught uh, catch. Uh, and, of course, um, uh, Tomas Nito, but nothing, I haven't seen Darno catching yet. If somebody can correct me on that, if they've seen him catching any game so far, uh, that, uh, you know, please let me know. But the Royals looking for a catcher because Salvador Perez found out that he needed uh, Tommy John surgery. It's a good thing the Mets didn't trade for him. There were rumors that the Mets were going to try to get Salvador Perez. Turns out he needs uh, Tommy John surgery. He's going to miss this season, 2019 season, as things currently stand. He only catches on the Royals' 40-man roster, Cam Gallagher and Melbris Valoria. The uh, two players have a combined 114 Major League at-bats. Mets, uh, the Royals are a rebuilding team. They have talked to catcher Martin Maldonado, who's a free agent. But uh, that means they're looking to upgrade the position. It brings us to the Mets and Travis Darno. So maybe they could work out a deal if they're looking for a catcher. Um, maybe they're going to keep... Uh, maybe they're going to keep... They're young guys, and just go with that. They are a rebuilding team. Four years out of a, a World Series championship, three three plus. Uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see how that's going to work out. Very interesting, though. It, th lines of th of things are opening up now as guys get hurt on other teams and stuff, and maybe the depth that uh, Brody Van Wagenen added to this team can be used to fill better be filled by trading a Travis Darno. Um, may want to consider traveling, you know, trading like a Devin Mezzarocco, though. I'd like to keep him. But just as an example of what could possibly be done, then you'd still have Darno and still have Nito. We'll see. Uh, it's interesting. It, it, it's, it's nice, though, that they have that depth now. Even at the catching position, guys that are familiar with the staff, think about it. Ramos has to learn the staff. He's working on it, I'm sure. He's doing a good job. Uh, but Mezzarocco was here last year, so he's got knowledge. Dorno, of course, has been here a few years. He he knows the staff. Uh, Nito, as I said, has knowledge of the staff. So that's, you know, there's plenty of guys there that, that's good, knowledgeable and even if you go to Mazika, um, has some knowledge now with these guys, and they know him a little bit. And Ali Sanchez being in spring training and catching these guys in some games, so they know a little bit about them as well. And I'm sure they they caught them in spring training last year, so it's not all big surprise. But um, it's good to have that depth, and uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, See where that takes them. Um, I don't see anything else 
of any news that we should be uh, you know concerned about. Uh, Major League Baseball. This is interesting though. Let's let's do a little Major League Baseball in general. The All Star ba- first day with the new mouth. You'll have to excuse me. The All Star ballot will take place, but they're considering an election day. One day. The, the 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 ballot will take place as it is, but when it closes, um, when that that period of time closes, the top three vote getters in each position would then be placed on a ballot for election day. Fans then, I'm reading this from Metsmerized Online, fans would then be able to vote their top choice on the ballot for each position, and the player with the most votes at each position would then be named starter for the All-Star game. The apparent reasoning behind the change is that both MLB and MLBPA see this setup as a better way to engage baseball fans in the support, as well as the social media as whole. So in other words... The voting period for the All-Star Game is going to become a primary. <laughs> and then the top three vote. Now, a guy that's got like, um, um, you know, 10 million vote, whatever it is, 5 million votes, and the next guy's got 800,000. Do you really need to have a, a, a runoff election or whatever you want to call it? Uh, I don't know. It you know the best thing is that they're talking the league and and the uh, and the players union at least they're talking about things. Uh, let's see, they have been had discussions about the economic issues and increase in prize money for the home run derby and expansion of the MLB roster from twenty five to twenty six players. I like that idea. Um, and as part of the proposed expansion, it would be a maximum of 13 pitches. I like that idea. Let's limit the pitches. This year's All-Star Game will be played at Progressive Field in Cleveland, while the 2020 All-Star Game will be played at Dodger Stadium. Don't think I'm going to make either one of those. but uh. All right. So uh, I think that's about all the news that we're going to find out there. Let's take another quick break, listen to these fine people, and then we'll wrap it up right after this. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shopdaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. It always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Baseball and BBQ. Your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. We're back, and that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank you all for listening and taking the time out of your busy schedules to join me. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you listen to 
or watch the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. That helps me grow the show and expand to new listeners. Remember, next week's show will be a day or two late, I think. Um, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a special show. So it, it's a, a, I have to release it a few days later than normal. So, But you'll know. You'll, you'll find out when... Uh, you'll understand when you hear the show. All right. So, again, uh, you know, hit the subscribe button on YouTube because that really helps us, as I say, grow the show and expand to new listeners. And until next time, remember to keep the faith and stay optimistic. And most of all, let's go Mets. Have a great week, everybody. See you next time on another edition of Mets Musings.